Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. All right. Wow, it looks great to see you today. I'm so glad that you're here. I was just looking online at all the people that are watching from my Mexico, Virginia, Alabama, Tennessee. We welcome all of you that are watching online. Father's House, yes. would you give our, our online church a welcome today? <clears throat> so glad that you're here. Next Sunday, man, we want to, we want to, we only had a few seats open in the first service. So we're believing that next week we're going to pack out. We may have to have the worship team stay on stage, standing room only, and the same for Easter. Easter's coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're so thankful for what God is doing. So next week, uh, Pastor Kevin and Melissa will be with us, and they'll also be with us for the uh, uh, volunteer appreciation. So be sure you come with us. We're celebrating 27 years Woo! of the Father's House next Sunday. 27. How many days? So that means 1,404 Sundays we've wow. been showing up here yeah. at the Father's wow. House. So we're so excited about that, and I hope that you will join us. We're really looking forward to that. And so today, we're going to continue in this series. Relationship uh, Uncensored, and next week, Pastor Kevin will complete that. Um, today, we're going to talk about something very important, and I would really recommend a book. In fact, a lot I'm worth saying today came from this book. It's by uh, uh, Craig and Amy Groeschel. It's called From This Day Forward, and it's got some really, it's got five commitments, whether you're married or not. Those of you that are hoping to be married one day, you need to learn these five commitments and see how that they apply to your life. So I, I would encourage you to get the book. It's yes. going to be good. And we're also going to do a seven-day version Bible study. Uh, the, the one on the right is the graphic that you'll find on our website. Go to thefathershouse.com, scroll all the way down, join the Bible study with the church, and it's a seven days, whether you're married or not. It's called a from this day forward, and we want to do that yeah. together. Yes, amen. So everybody fasten your seatbelts because the uncensored is going to happen today. Hmm. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your love. Man, Lord, we just, we just can't thank you enough for your presence. We thank you for these grown men in both services today that were baptized. A lot of churches never see that, and we give you glory. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the people in this house that are committed to you. Thank you for the church that's online, that's worshiping with us today. And Lord, I just pray that today that you would anoint our words, that we would say what you want us to say. Don't let us to say anything that we shouldn't say. But Lord, we just pray that you would be glorified, that the saints would be edified, and the devil would be terrified in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Let me start with the ladies. How many of you, when you were growing up, had a dream that one day Prince Charming would come your way, sweep you off your feet, promise to love you for the rest of your life, and you would have that ideal wedding at the ideal place that you wanted, the ideal honeymoon, and he would pick you up and he would carry you across the threshold, mm -hmm. and he would spend the rest of his days of loving you, talking with you, being your best friend. 
Any of you ladies have had a dream somewhat like that? Would you raise your hand? Yes. All right. And that the rest, you had to be tall. And, and the rest of you wanted a nightmare, right? And that's why you didn't raise your hand. How about guys? How many of you know you stayed pure because, you know, you can't have sex before marriage because God says, you know, everything is pure? So you, you did that and you dreamed that one day you'd get married, you'd have sex twice a day and three times on a Sunday. Raise your hand if that's you, okay? Stop lying, guys. Raise your hand. Come on. How many of us would say, I'm still dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> we have setbacks, failures. Some of you have gone through tragic divorce. Some of you have gone through tragic times of people walking out of relationship in your life before you were ever married. Birthing a child and then not taking care of that child. So when we talk about marriage or getting ready to be married, for you, the question is, but can anybody anymore have a good marriage? Because it seems like that we see such tragicness in everything that's around us. And my answer would be emphatically yes. And it starts today. Yeah. It starts today. But listen to me. Listen, listen, listen up. But it won't happen if we treat marriage and purity the same way the world treats it. True. True. So statistically, about 50% of all the marriages that start don't make it. Wow. So 50%. Wow. Divorce and of those 50% or so that that do stay married a majority of them are miserable wow. Like they don't even like being with each other. They just stay together for the sake of the kids. There's no intimacy They're more like roommates than anything else But what other significant area of your life would you be satisfied with 50% yeah. odds against you that doesn't happen so Let's think of it this way. What if there was a 50% chance that the cereal that you ate every morning would give you cancer? Mm. I think you would probably would find change. a different I would cereal. Change cereals. Wouldn't you? You yeah. wouldn't keep doing the same thing. You would do something different. And yet our crazy world, the way that it is, you can't even get a driver's permit without taking a class. You have to take a class for just about everything, but you don't have to take a class to get married. You just yeah. pay a fee and you go and you get married. Now yeah. around here, you got to go through a class sure. and all that stuff. We got to make sure that you're doing, you know, things biblically. So that's what we do here. But you know what? You got to do something different than what the world is doing. Yeah, and I think, well, you were talking to me yesterday, you said the difference of second and third marriages yeah. even increased the percentage yeah, of divorce. Yeah, the percentage of divorce, the second and third and fourth marriages, usually that percentage goes up. Now, I'm all for God restoring you individually with a, a new spouse, and yeah. you can start <clears throat> over, and you can have a successful marriage, but statistically, it goes up, and it probably wasn't only just believers that we're talking about but the under the thing that really got me was young marriages they said if you're between 20 and 25 that also statistically went up for divorce like to 75 and 80 percent wow. so wow. come on young people wow. do it god's way do it yeah. god's way so yeah. we can stay together yeah. so we want to help you today whether you're married or not married and you say, well, I'm not married, don't ever want to be married. Well, listen, what we're saying today, you're going to be able to help somebody else. 
because chances are you know somebody that wants to get married. And those of you that are here that have been through a tragic divorce or separation, or those of you who somebody walked out on you, and we're talking about this today, and it's hard for you to even fathom that and get in your mind, but I I want you to know that it starts today. We want to help you today, whether you're married or not married. I think all of us that are married took a vow, something like this. It said something like this. I take you to be my wife, to have and to hold. And if you know the next line, what is it from? This day This day forward. So today we want to say, it just simply says, we start today. You may have had baggage in the past. You may have had a failed relationship. You may have had a failed marriage. Even sitting here, as Anita said, when she, you can identify, she said, yeah, we're like roommates. We're just, we're just miserable with our, with our marriage the way that it is right now. But there is hope. From this day forward, we can make a change. Right. But it takes commitments. Say commitments. Commitments. It takes some commitments. In the book, uh, the gross shells talk about five commitments. We're going to talk about three today because we want to beat the Baptist to lunch. You know, we don't want to be late and get there. So, but, but I encourage you. And I believe, Pastor Tim that we're going to do life groups in the fall, some on marriages with this book. I think that's going to be really good. In fact, I think Anita and I and some others are going to be able to do this also. So I want to give you some commitments. And if you'll write these down and if you'll commit them to memory, I think they'll be good. The first one is this, seek God. Seek God. So when we talk about marriage, I think a lot of people spend most of their time seeking the one that's going to complete them, right? Mm. Oh, I, I just, I've just got to find that one, that, that perfect one. Oh, I think I found her. She's got a great body. She smells good. She's, she smiles. I have found the one that's going to complete me. Or the lady says, oh, I found him, Prince Charming. He looks at me in such a special way. He opens a car door for me. He's always there. He, he, and he treats me so nice. He pulls my chair out and pushes it back under. Not pulls it out and makes me fall, but pushes it back under. <laughs> She's the one, she's the one, she's the one. Listen, it, it's not finding someone. Right. Here's what you need to write down. God is your one and your spouse is your two. Amen. God is your one and your spouse is your two. Uh, Jesus replied this when somebody said, you know, what's the greatest commandment? He didn't say that you love your spouse with all your heart. Here's what he said. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. God is your one and your spouse is your two. God is your one and your spouse is your two. Your children are not your two. Say it. Some of you live your life now that you're married for your kids and you wonder why you're miserable. God is your one. Your spouse is your two, and your kids are down the line somewhere. (laughs) True. (laughs) That's godly order. Um, Let's start with those of you that are not married. So you'd like to be married. How many of you are not married, but you know you would love for God to bring your two someday, one day? Raise your hand up high. This lady in the back has been furious raising her hand. I want you to look, lady, would you stand up? Just stand up. Yeah, Yeah, I'm talking about you. Stand up. All right, she's looking for a man. So I want you to know. A godly man. A godly man. Let's pray that she has a godly man. Thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) So 
Here's what we have to do, though. Yeah. You just don't look around in all the wrong places. You have to seek the one while preparing for the two. That's, oh, that's the good. next fill-in. That's good. I will seek the one while preparing for my two. Why? Because a lot of times people are looking, looking, looking. You know, when I said, okay, God, I want to be married if it's your will for me. I would love for you to show me who that is, not who I think it should be, and would you bless this? No, yeah, I wanted good. God to lead me. So in the meantime, you prepare yourself while you're waiting for your two. You're not seeking a spouse. You're seeking God oh, that's first. Good. That's good. The scripture, Matthew 6, 33 says, but Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things shall be added to you. So while you're seeking the one, mm -hmm. while he's doing something in you, he's preparing you for the two. Yeah. I believe that when, God, when you allow God to prepare you, he's going to prepare him or her, yeah. and then you can come together. Because it's not a half and a half makes a whole. It's one plus one. Whole and whole equals one. Yeah. So we yeah. both have to be whole. So we're letting God work on us. If you hope to have a godly marriage someday, one day, you have to live a godly life today. Today, yeah. You don't wait until... You want to marry someone, why don't you try to be the kind of person sure. that you want to marry? Sure. Be that kind and loving person. If yeah. you want to marry somebody who's been with 18 different people sexually, then go do that because yeah. that's what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to attract whatever it is that you're putting out there. So if you want 50-50 odds, you can be just like everybody else. But the way to prepare for a godly marriage is to seek God today, seek God right? Today. Say this, I will seek the one. I will seek the one. While preparing for my two. While preparing for my two. It starts, it starts today. today. So let me talk to those of you that are married. Here's what we need to say, and this is our point of emphasis. Write this down. I will always seek the one with my two. I will always seek the one with my two. God wants your marriage to be blessed, and he wants the two of you to seek him together. Not isolated, not separate, but he wants you to seek him together. You say, well, how do we seek God? Well, there's a lot of ways, but I only want to talk about one today, and that's we seek him in prayer. We can seek him in church attendance. We can seek him in Bible study. We can do all of that, but we want to seek God together in prayer. Why? Because prayer is so intimate. Prayer is so bonding. You join hands with your spouse and you petition God who brought you together, and you ask God to do something. It's hard to remain angry with somebody you join hands with and pray for. Amen. Amen. I love that verse in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Or one phrase, one Bible says, heal their land. But let me give you a loose interpretation to that for those of us that are believers. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and I will heal their marriages today. Amen. Today. That's good. So Terry and I have prayed together in a lot of different ways. And, and you know what? It shows that we care about each other and that we care about God, our love for God. He, he prayed when we first, it's very emotional, when we first met. 
And um, I don't even think it was after we married. I don't know. He said, Lord, help me to love Anita as you love the church. I mean, I broke down. I was like, oh, Lord, I need that. Remind him of that every day, that I need to be loved like Christ <laughs> loves the church. Because, you know, I'm a human. And um, anyway, he's done an amazing job And some with days that. you've had to... Remind you? Remind oh. me. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, where was I? Um, Talk about how wonderful that I was. Yes, you are. And you praying are for you. Yes, yes. But... <laughs> We don't always pray together, like if he's out of town or, or you know, we're, do, we're separate, separate somehow. We each do our Bible studies on our own, and then we might call each other and pray together. But we're consistent that we pray for one another. We don't let time go where we're not praying for one another. I try to speak life over yeah, my husband in good. my prayer time. And, and those things that are not as though they are. So, you know, we're praying for each other. We're, we're you know, I didn't say this first service, but a lot of couples... Like, why did you get married? I don't know. Don't you think God brought you together for a reason, for a purpose, for a destiny, for something to do? I don't know. Well, maybe you can ask God, why are we, why, why'd you bring us together in your prayer time, talking to God? And you know what? I think it's really good if you pray out loud. Yeah, yeah. If you pray out loud, because when you, a lot of times, especially guys will say, I don't know how to do that prayer stuff. I'll just let her do it. No, yeah. you're the head of the home. Yeah. You pray and pray out loud. Now God hears you, she hears you, and the devil hears you. Yeah, you're praying sure. good. for for each good. other. You can be short and sweet. You can just say, Lord, give us a good day. Yeah. You know, pray over your kids as, as you're going. So here's some statistics that I, that I find alarming, really. Family Life did a survey years ago, and they surveyed thousands of Christian couples and found that fewer than, seven per, fewer than 8% of Christian couples pray together regularly. Wow. Fewer wow. than 7, wow. uh, 8%, 8%, which is probably 7.5%. <laughs> Pray together. Yeah. That's not good. No. And of these, here's some good news though. Of those couples that do pray together, they found fewer than 1% got divorced. Wow. So you know what? You want a 50-50 chance of divorce or do you want a 99% chance yeah. of success? Amen. That's right. Amen. So pray together. Christian uh, marriages, you guys pray together. You have a 99% chance that your marriage is going to make it. Pray together. Satan doesn't want you to pray, so make a commitment to pray. Seek God first and pray together. And you know what? You might say, well, we don't do that. Well, guess what? Today's a new today. day. It starts today. Starts you today. can start today. And the second commitment we want to remind you of is simply this. And it seems so, it seems so insignificant, maybe, but it's so true. Have fun. Have fun. Number one, seek God. Number two, have fun. I mean, I think you had fun when you were dating. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe anybody started dating somebody that they were bored with. <laughs> I mean, if you did, you're, a, you're an anomaly, you know. I, what do you, you know, you want to just suffer in life. But you started out by having fun. But when did the fun stop? And why did it stop? Here's what the scripture says, Ecclesiastes 9 and 9, live happily, not grouchily or not having fun, whatever the word is. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. So I brought meaning to your life? Yes. Awesome. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. 
The NIV says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Why is it that we can have so much fun leading up to marriage and then we become like roommates living under the same roof? I know, kids come, right? And more kids come, right? Yeah, congratulations. And uh, as you're going through this, and then issues come. The air condition goes out. Something else goes out. And so you got to be sure, are you going to take care of that? And I'll take care of this, and you take care of that. People don't fall in love to have a bad time. You don't fall in love with somebody you're totally bored with. So let me give you three types of fun that you need to have in your marriage. Number one, face-to-face fun. Let's say that together. Face-to-face fun. You remember when you were dating, you could talk forever and talk and talk, and, and as you left the date driving home, if you were in the age of cell phones, uh, you know, some of us, there weren't cell phones, you know, big old bag phones you had back then, and, uh, or some of you, um, telegraph, you had that, so. <laughs> but you could talk forever, face-to-face time, but then our face-to-face time turns to just business stuff mm. that we've got to deal with. There are three passages in Song of Solomon and where Solomon uh, is in love with the Shulamite woman and he shows how the relationship progresses with three types of fun. First of all, there is face-to-face fun. Uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 from the easy read version. Princess, your feet are beautiful in those sandals. The curves of your thighs are like jewelry made by an artist. He's starting from the feet up, all right? (laughs) Your navel is like a round cup. May it never be without wine. Your belly is like a pile of wheat surrounded by lilies. What? I guess it worked for her. I don't know. And he says, your breasts are like twin fawns of a young gazelle. I guess he was happy there were two. Your neck, your neck is like the ivory tower. Your eyes are like the pools in Heshbon, near the gate of the Bath Reben. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon that looks towards Damascus. Wow. Intimately, face to face. And what is he doing? He is giving her details. Mm. Yeah. He's giving her details. But you know what? Most men want headlines. Headlines, they want the bottom, bottom line. line. They don't want the details. Women like details. We like to talk, 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 talk. Mm. Hey, are you listening to me? Yes. Talk, talk, talk. Did you hear me? Repeat talk, back talk, to talk, me. Talk, talk and on and on. And you know, when, when we first met each other, you, yeah. he let me talk. He just smiled. Talk, I'm talking away. He's like, you were so nervous. It was so cute. You just talk, talk, talk. Now he's like, you have to keep talking like that. <laughs> But we like the details. So that's what he was doing. He was giving details. So we like that. We like that. That's intimate, ongoing conversation. We have to guard it. We have to protect it. And listen, how about a date night? Yeah, date yeah, night. Yeah. And I don't, you have to create, you have to create it. You have to put it on your calendar. You have to not pencil it in. You have to make a time. You have to guard it. And let me just say, driving your kids to soccer practice with each other, that's not a date. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sitting, talking together while you're watching TV, not a date. No. Being in the same room on your phones separately, mm. not a date. So not make a date, a date night yeah. and make it count. Consistent, guarded, faithful, 
face to face time. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe get a weekend getaway. Yeah. You know, uh, go go away if you can. Spend some time with each other. Do whatever you have to do to invest that face to face time and have some fun. When Kevin and Melissa were with us a couple mm. years ago and they did the marriage uh, retreat for us, they shared four L's. Everybody yeah. remember that was there four L's, what they are? We're going to every day we're going to go through our four L's. What did you love, love. about today? Yeah. We both tell each other. And then what was your low today? Yeah. Um, and if your low involves your person, your husband or your wife, that is not the time to fix why yeah. it was your low. Yeah. You have to save it for another time where you're going to talk about, hey, remember on Thursday, we're going to talk yeah. about that thing. Um, and then what made you laugh today and what did you learn today? That's good. So important. That's it really good. kind of brings you together um, of the day and, and you learn. Yeah. One of the greatest things I love about our relationship is we'll say, what's, tell me something that you don't know about me. Tell me something that you just found out recently about me. We've been married 30 years. I still want to learn and grow Amen. and laugh and awesome. love. Face to face. We can't compromise that and have a great marriage. We just can't. We just can't. Second of all is side to side fun. Say side to side fun. Side to side fun. That's like hanging out with your best friend. That's doing some things that you enjoy with your wife or your husband. It's enjoying some common activities. In verse 11 of chapter 7, uh, the lady said, Come, my lover, let's go into the field and let's spend the night in the villages. Wait, wait a minute. We're, we're not going to line dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> Women typically crave face-to-face -face time. Men generally crave more side-by-side. Hanging out with the best friend. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't that best friend be your wife or your, or your husband? Be your, be your wife. And so we enjoy some of the things together. Uh, one man said, I always want to be by my wife's side so that I can hold her hand. I do it for two reasons. Number one, because I love her. And number two, because if I let go of her hand, she goes shopping. So I hold her oh, hand. No, that's why I hold his hand. Yeah. He does the shopping and I do all the fixing and stuff like that. So back when we were dating, we did a lot of things side by side, fun things. We played tennis together because yeah. you were very good at tennis. And the only way I could beat you is psych you out. You see, I get into her mind. He You're going to miss this hit. You're going to miss this. You're gonna I'd hit. be winning five yeah. zip and yeah. he'd come back and win. Yeah, it's psychological warfare. <laughs> True. Uh, we don't play tennis anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's golf, you know, like your husband likes to golf and you say, well, I don't like to golf. I, I love Kevin and Melissa. We get together sometimes and we'll go golfing. Of course, Anita loves to golf. And by the way, she's very good. Uh, and so uh, Melissa said, well, I don't like to golf, but I'll do a ride along. I'll just hang out with you guys. Just hang, hang out with you. Side by side. Let mm -hmm. me ask you this. Men. What's fun for your wife? Do you even know? Do you even know what's fun for your wife? How about you commit some side to side? You always want her to go with you, golfing or pickleball or all the other things. You know, I don't know. But what if you spend some time, side to side time, say, I'm going to just 
hang out with mm -hmm. you. Yeah, we, things for fun. we should know what each other likes and spend time doing that. Even if it's not high on your list, yeah. you're spending that side to side, side to side time together. And guess what? There's a little benefit in there. Remember, we like for them to talk. I'll give you two times guys like to talk. One, when they're doing something with you that they enjoy, and when they're right after they're done doing something with you that they enjoy. That's when they like to talk. We're talking about side by side fun now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Or reading between the side by side. I don't know. Hey, listen, let's take a little break. I know some of you need a little break now, but because you'll be going to the villages this week, maybe. And you need some Easter invite cards. Come on, guys. Easter is coming, guys and gals. Sorry about that. Uh, Easter's coming in just a couple of weeks. We are so excited. We, um, and we're going to pass by the six packs. Go ahead and pass those by. Reach in there and take one out. It's not your grandma's church. We give you a six pack today. And in that six pack are six invite cards to invite people to Easter. Easter is the greatest opportunity yeah. that we have of inviting someone. We want to pack this place out, standing room only. Andrea and the team may have to stay on stage. We may have to put extra chairs up here. We'll add some extra chairs in here. But let's use these invite cards. Invite people outside of the church building. Right. Uh, we passed these out in the first service and somebody came by and gave me an invite card. I promise you, I will come to Easter, use it somewhere else yeah. and invite somebody yeah, else. Be, be purposeful in your invites. If you go to a restaurant, leave a really good tip and an Easter invite because you're representing God and you're representing the yeah. church and people need to know Jesus. They need yeah. to know they're going to meet Jesus here, yeah. right? So we have fun face mm -hmm. to face, side to side. You'll never forget, forget this one. Belly button to belly button fun. So the lady says to Solomon, let's get up early and let's go out to the vineyards. Let's see if the vines are in bloom. Let's see if the blossoms have opened and if the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. Wow. She's saying to him, let's go have sex in the vineyard. Just got to be sure that it's not in a public place that everybody's going to see you. She's simply saying, let's have some belly button to belly button physical, romantic fun. You say, should we talk about things like that in the church? Well, I sure hope so, because most of you got your lovemaking ideas from Netflix and porn, uh, pornographic areas, and you're living and never understanding God's purpose for your life. I think we need to say, but we have kids in here. No, we have kids are going to be in kids' church. You say, yeah, but the person's only like 11 or so. Yes, and you know what? They've already heard more than you think right. they've ever heard True. in their entire life. True. You say, what does God think about this? So let me tell you, Proverbs 5, 18 through 20, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why would you be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle her breast? She, he says, I want you to I, I want you to be captivated by the love of your wife. Amen. Time out. Let me talk to you men. Ladies, don't listen. Men, you need to work on your romantic approach. Some of you are so programmed. She can see it in your eye, and then she can start to time it where it's going to be. It's always short and moves on, and it never changes. 
vary your approach. Don't just get out of the shower wet and say, oh, look at this. Do you want some of this? Work on your approach to romance. Have a conversation. Bring a gift home. Listen to her. Rub her feet. Help her to do the dishes while you're trying to rush her into the bedroom. (laughs) The greatest sex in life starts by doing the dishes or cleaning up together. Amen. Listen, this man right here, if I could bottle what he has as a husband, well, I want to be a millionaire. I would be a millionaire because, listen, he helps clean the house. He goes shopping. He cooks. He does all the things. And every once in a while that come out of the shower, you want some of this. That happens every once in a while. But anyway, (laughs) but don't make it an everyday thing. Don't make it all the time. I'm just saying. She didn't say that in the first service. My daughter is in the front row. Be careful. I know you can't unsee that. I'm sorry. But look, every once in a while, it's okay. It's okay. Listen, he he brings me flowers just for no reason. He brings me flowers. He does amazing things, sets the bath up, puts petals in the... Yeah, and then he might put on a little Marvin Gaye and say, let's get it on. True. (laughs) So, okay, ladies, now let me talk to you. So anything that you have would look better in silk than it would in flannel. I'm just saying, and you're like, but what if it's cold? I'm so cold. Well, there's other ways to warm up is all I'm saying. But everything looks better in silk. And you know what? Throw that ugly thing away. You've had it so long. You don't need it anymore. Get something nice and cute, lingerie, go on a date, play some music. Draw him a bath, you know, give him a back rub and, and enjoy each other's company. So listen, most of the time, generally speaking, men would most desire physical intimacy true. more than women. Okay. Sure. That's a kind of a generalization, but it's true. Most sure. men desire it more. So here's, the, this is eye opening. Okay. You need to understand ladies that in marriage, when you turn off the switch, and things go dark, that's a crisis for a man, okay? It's the equivalent of that emotional distress that we feel when they won't talk to us or spend time with us. It's the same kind of a thing. So we have to be careful. We need to uh, uh, encourage one another and celebrate our marriage, our godly marriage. One of the greatest ways that you can love each other is by being together physically, renewing your marriage covenant with a sexual relationship because it's more spiritual before anything else. Sure God designed sex in marriage, okay? It's the picture of the two becoming one and that we would minister to one another that way. It's a blessing from God yes. and it's a way that you serve one another. You don't go, oh, just get it over with. I'm done. No, it's supposed to be a loving way to show your love for each other and to encourage one another and minister to one another. So feelings follow actions. You've heard that before. Sometimes we just have to 
go all in and say, okay, God, help me with this, and then your feelings will catch up. It starts um, today. There's other scripture about you not denying each other and all that. We're not going down that road, but God designed marriage and, and sex in marriage to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. You got married because you had fun. Start having fun again. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to seek God. We're going to pursue the one with our two. We're going to be creative. We're going to make it a priority. Listen, if the grass is looking greener in the other neighbor's yard, don't go over there. You better water your own yard. Water your own. Seek God. Have fun. And the last one, we'll wrap it up real quick. Stay pure. Stay pure. Hebrews 13 and 4 said, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. We're living in a world today in which that everything is, is focused to destroy marriages. I mean, there are websites like Craigslist, if it still exists, I don't know. You could buy a screwdriver or you could find a prostitute. And then there's cell phones, cell phones and, and, the, and the media that's around. I mean, you give a cell phone to an 11-year-old, you just opened up 24 hours of pornography. You say, oh, but there's a block on the phone. Listen, these kids are so smart, they get around your block, and then they delete the history so that yeah. you don't even know where they are going. And by the way, if you do give them a phone, I sure hope you don't give it to them 24 hours a day. I mean, at nighttime, when they go to bed, you should take that phone, put it in your bedroom or on the kitchen somewhere where they don't have it themselves. Yeah. We have enough issues in this world with purity, let alone Amen. you allowing it coming Amen. into your home so early. Amen. We had a parent ask us, well, what's a good age to give my kids a phone? And we said... Whenever you're ready for them to see pornography, that's yeah. when you give them a phone. Because yeah. I don't care how young they are or yeah. whatever, they're going to find it. And they're doing Snapchat because it erases and they're doing all kinds of sneaky stuff. It's really, really, it's bad. Yeah. You don't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. Right. Let's look at this verse, Ephesians 5 and 3. But among you, there must not even be a hint, say hint. Hint. Even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Hey, let's play a game. I'm going to give you a subject matter. And if you think there's a hint of sexual impurity or immorality, just answer out loud, yes. If you find yourself looking at pornography, is that a hint? Yes. If you spend too much time alone with the opposite sex that you're not married to, is that a hint? Yes. And uh, if we dress provocatively, ladies, because you were blessed highly by God with a overwhelmingly amazing chest, keep it to yourself and your husband. You don't need to be showing that to everybody else. Or guys, your pants are so tight, you're trying to show off your stuff. Is that a hint of provocativeness? Yes, yes, yes. So when we, when we look at these things, it starts today. And, 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 and I know from different areas in our life, some of you have been touched by different things. Some of you that are married and you're a believer. And you've got to admit, 
there's some impurities, a hint of impurity that I've allowed in my life. I, uh, I've been neglecting face-to-face -face time with someone that I, I wanted to spend my eternity with. But I've allowed time and just commonality to sneak up and we don't, we don't talk anymore. That's why a lot of women get into affairs because they meet somebody on the job that listens to their story and talks to them. Some men seem that, feel that same thing of some woman who flirts with him and it makes him feel, feel good. And then we yield to those emotions and then we live with those impurities. We bring those in our marriage. So I'm gonna pray today. I'm gonna pray for two things. First of all, for those of you that are believers, and today God would say to you that you've done something wrong. As a believer, if you decide to just move in together and pretend to get married, that's a hint of sexual immorality. It's beyond a hint. And you want God to bless you and bring in order. I'm sorry, that's not God's, that's not God's way. That's not God's method. And if you've allowed that today, it starts today right. by you dealing with that and saying, I'm not going to continue in this area. Or maybe you're single and you know that you're supposed to seek someone who already has a relationship with God, but you're going to bars and hanging out and looking for somebody to just pay you attention because you just, you just, you just need that so much. Seek the one while you're looking for your two. Let me pray with you today. Would you bow your heads? No matter where you are as a believer, you say today, you know, Terry, as you uh, taught today, I'm feeling a, a bit of conviction for impurity that's in my life that I've allowed into my life. And I know that if I continue to allow this impurity in my life, it has the ability to destroy my marriage. And man, that's the last thing I want to do. I'm single today, Terry. And man, I've had some impure things in my mind. And today, Holy Spirit has rewired me to come to Him. Scripture said, if we confess our sin, we're faithful. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us. So in a minute, I'm going to pray for those of us that are believers. Please respond to the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you. It's not an accident that you're here today. But on purpose, he wanted you to hear something that many of you have never heard in church before in your life. But it's scripture. And God is speaking to you today. Father, I pray for those that are here in the house and those that are watching online. And I pray, Lord, for areas in our life where you've reminded us today that we need to deal with, we need to work on. That we can't just sit back and assume that just because we're married now, everything's going to be great for the rest of our life doesn't happen in any other area. If we don't take care of ourselves physically, we just begin to deteriorate. So Lord, I pray today that those of us that are married would renew that covenant relationship to seek you, to have fun, to stay pure. As you continue to pray for you today, not your spouse, but you, I want to also pray for those of you today who would simply say, you know what? I know that I am lost and I need to be found. I know I'm far from Jesus today. I know if I were to die today, I'm not sure where I would spend eternity. 
And the Lord loved you so much that he came from heaven. He came to this earth. He took on human flesh to walk as a human, face every temptation that you would face. And then one day he went to the cross carrying my sins and your sins. And on the third day he arose so that anyone who calls upon his name could be saved. And so today, the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door and Jesus is saying, let me in. Let me forgive you of your sins. Let me give you a hope for eternity with me. Let me give you a purpose for living. Don't turn him away today. He wants to be your savior, your Lord. He wants to be your best friend. If you're here today and you're not sure without a shadow of a doubt that you're ready to meet the Lord. But you'd like to be sure today. You'd like to make that step and that prayer towards him. Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today and say, Terry, include me in this prayer. I want to be sure that without a shadow of a doubt that, that I'm okay with the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your hands raised. Thank you. Others today, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I want to be sure today. I want to be sure. You said, can I be sure? Yes. Scripture said that if I will confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him on the third day that I could be saved. So let me lead you in a prayer. We've all prayed a prayer somewhat like this in our life. I want to lead you in this prayer today. Pray with me. Thank you, God. For sending your son Jesus, your son, Jesus to, die for my sins. to die for my sins. I am lost, I'm lost and, I need to be found. and I need to be found. I'm responding to Holy Spirit, I'm responding to Holy who's, Spirit speaking to my heart. who's speaking to my heart. And I want to say yes, Jesus. And I want to say yes Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Come, into my life. Come into my life. Be my Savior, be my Savior and be my Lord. And be my Lord. As best as I know how, as best as I, know I want how, to follow you I want to follow all the you days of my life. All the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit, with your in, spirit. Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.